Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Alexander-Inman, board-certified behavior analyst and infant toddler developmental specialist. Please join me in welcoming Ms. Kim Peacock. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome, Kim. Now I'm going to tell our audience a little bit about you. Um, Kim is the author of Victoria's Heart, which details her handling of grief over the loss of her 17-year-old daughter. It also provides insightful advice for those seeking to support and help those who grieve. She has raised six children residing with her second husband in a log house in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Several years ago, they relocated from the desert to Southern California. She is the CFO of Peacock Engineering, a cemetery construction company that specializes in, in cemetery improvement and expansion. Through her blog, Wild Victoria's Heart, and her back, sorry, and her book, <laughs> speaking, Kim acts as a grief mentor to others in need. Her blended family includes a stepdaughter, a daughter, and her current husband and three adopted children. She also has several grandchildren and you don't even look anything like a grandma. Oh, thank you. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> welcome, Miss Kim. Thank you so much. You are most welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time out uh, to speak about this topic, which I believe is really important. When I saw you, you know, your bio and everything, I was just like, oh, you spoke to my heart because like I told you, my son also passed um, back in 2018. And I don't think it matters the age. It's still, it's just as impactful. It's because, you know, you don't, it's not something that you expect, right? Right. So tell me, how like how has this affected your faith? Um, it it definitely challenged my faith in the beginning. We I had to really after our daughter went to heaven, I really had to grapple with what I believed before, what I said I believed before, and was it really true? Was it just a surface? Yeah, you can say all kinds of things, or was it really part of who I was? and who my faith in God was. And so it challenged um, what I believed, but it also, through the journey of grief, I saw that it deepened my faith. I felt like instead of questioning and uh, because I can't contain all the reasons why, I think when a parent loses a child, um, or in my case, I wanted to find out why. Mm -hmm. I went like, why did you do this? Why did you allow this? And what I came to know is my brain, my body, my soul can't contain the reasons why God does anything. Um, and he's so gracious with us. I don't think he gets mad at us for asking those questions. He created us. But I think through that journey, he would continually pick me up, carry me to the next step, pick me up, carry me to the next step. And so towards, towards, I would say the end, but grief is never over. I don't believe. I think it's yeah. just a part of us. Um, you might, I mean, I think, do you agree with that? It's just this journey that we're on. 
Um, yes, it certainly yeah. is. And there are so many twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And you think you're done and you think you've arrived somewhere, but the Lord mm-hmm. continually picks you up and continually picks you up. And as I have come to where I am now, I see that my faith is kind of like Job in the Bible, you know, where he went through. And I have not ex- experienced even a portion of what jo- Job experienced. But at at the end, it says that he saw God. He yeah. didn't, he, before he knew about God, but now he knew who God was. He saw God as face-to-face, as a friend. And so I think that that's important um, to even for me to understand the privilege of how God has walked us, walked me through um, some really dark days and they were dark and they were hard, Oof. but, um, and sometimes they're still hard. Yes. You know? Yeah. I can relate. I can relate. Cause I know there are days when, you know, my husband's like, what's the matter? I'm like, I'm having a Dre day. Yeah. And you know, he'd ask, well, do you believe he's in a better place? Yeah. But I want him here. I'm selfish. You know, right. I want him with me. I want to be able to hug my baby and, right. you know, talk and watch to him. him. Yeah. Watch yeah. him grow up, watch him experience the things that other children or young people experience. It's where it's in Thessalonians, it talks about that. We still grieve just right. because we have faith that he's mm-hmm. in a better place because we really believe that he, they are. I yes. believe Nicole is more alive than I am. Mm-hmm. but I still miss her and I want to see her and I want to hear her g- giggle and same thing, you know, you're, you want to see him. And and like you said, give him a squeeze. And that's just part of the separation that we experience. It certainly is. And I know I call him my baby. Dre, his body would have been 38 this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, wait, oh, would it be 30? Oh gosh. I have lost track of the years. So oh, yeah. Yeah, so he'd be actually 31 this year. Yeah. I think. Anyway. Yeah. No, and Nicole would have been 41. Wow. And I'm thinking I was younger than that when I lost her. Mm-hmm. And so I think too, when for her, in my mind, she's always 17 years old. Yes. You know, because that's just that's just the time her her life was stuck in time for me. Now she lives outside of time now, I believe, but uh, it's still for us. It's stuck in that moment uh, when they left us. Yes, it really is. And for me, I know the first year, like the first Christmas was really hard for me. And honestly, even I'm not a Christmas celebrator, just, you know, Mm -hmm. being transparent. And I haven't, I don't think like really celebrated Christmas since I was like 15. (laughs) It's been Mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. Because I really don't think one thing has anything to do with the other faith in Christmas. I don't think they have Mm -hmm. anything to do with each other. That's just my personal belief. Mm -hmm. But um, seeing my grandchild go through that, like, because at the time being five years old and daddy's not here and it was really, really difficult. Mm. I was, I can tell you that day, I was so angry at God. I mean, so angry. And I I just, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. I was just, mm-hmm. and it was actually my son, my grandchild and I who were driving and my cousin actually invited us over and said, I can't be around people. I mean, I love you mm-hmm. and I know you're there to support me. Right now, I'm so angry at God. I just wanted to wallow in my stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, it was really challenging mm-hmm. for me because I saw the pain that my baby was going through, mm-hmm. you know, after yeah. that happened. Um, but yeah, so it was, you know, and, and then I found solace in the fact that he, however you want to call it, transitioned, graduated, you know, went to mm-hmm. be with Jesus on Canadian Thanksgiving Day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, wow. you know, living in Toronto and, you know, and it's fine because I sent a, a text message to him saying, you know, happy Thanksgiving. And I didn't hear anything back. And I'm like, you know, and uh-huh. I found out a few hours later that he had already gone on. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. It, yeah. It does permeate everything. I'm sure when Canadian Thanksgiving comes around, that's, you know, that could be raw for you. It grief does seem to amplify whether you celebrate Christmas or birthdays or Mm -hmm. anniversaries, grief amplifies those. And then you're looking at your grandson who is hurting and in pain. And so in some ways, our eyes have to shift from our own pain to theirs because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, they're young and they're, they're babies, you know, they don't understand. And so it's hard because sometimes and I don't know about you, but sometimes I felt like I had to take my grief and put it on the shelf because I had little kids still at home that lost their big sister. And so I don't say that I did everything correctly because Mm -hmm. I didn't, I would, we were, when, when something like that, something traumatic happens like that, you just do the best you can with what you you know, there is no guidebook um, for that immediate thing. There's mm-hmm. books and helpful things to help us later. But at that moment, when that happens, you, you almost have to take, if there's young, if there's children involved, um, other children or your grandchild, you have to almost set your grief on the shelf and you do have to deal with it. We always have to deal with our pain, grief. Mm-hmm. You can't any kind of trauma, grief, you can't leave it there on the shelf. Cause you gotta, you gotta deal with it. Yeah. But, but when somebody else needs you, it, you, you just are forced to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We have to show up and, mm-hmm. you know, it was really interesting the way everything happened. So like a few years before one of my best friends, her daughter passed mm. my uncle's birthday, my aunt and uncle, they're twins and she passed on their birthday. Oh. And then my other bestie, her son passed a year before Dre, mm. two weeks after my grandmother passed. Oh, my word. Oh, that's so and much. Yeah, it, it really was. So, And then the very next year, Dre. Mm. So I so I had to ask myself, OK, there, you know, first of all, I said to myself that, OK, he completed his mission here on Earth. Because mm-hmm. that made that gave me peace, mm-hmm. right? That's the only thing that I could think of to give me peace. And then I was like, there must be something like there is a work that the three of us have to do because of what we've gone through. And I'm waiting for them to be ready because I know there's something because I don't believe things just happen. You know, we need to be there for other people who've gone through it. And, you know, people ask, well, why you, why me, why not me? Right. 
you right, know, exactly. like what makes me special? What makes me different? We're all born equal. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I don't know. I just try to put it in some kind of perspective that I really don't know what that perspective is. Like, do you, does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And I think finding purpose in grief or in any trauma, but just for the sake of our conversation, grief, I think finding purpose does bring about healing. I think that um, you can't completely bury yourself in helping other people because then you will never take care of the business. We all have business that we have to take care of mm-hmm. um, when we're grieving, um, whether it's anger. And I think anger is a part of grief. You know, we have to walk, but we have to walk through those those seasons. I don't really even like to call them stages because I call them seasons because I feel like they go back and forth and here and there and all over the place. There's mm-hmm. not, it's not linear. But then through that, I feel like our job is to reach back and help the other people that God puts in our lives Mm -hmm. through the same twists and turns. It's, and that every time that that happens, every time I connect with a mama that's lost a child or somebody who's lost a husband, I feel like it's a conduit of cleansing of my soul Mm -hmm. uh, and more healing and more healing because that brings purpose to my pain. And, and if we can, find purpose in our pain. then that shows, you know, okay, this life isn't random. We're, it's not all arbitrary that we're just floating around to and fro. Every person that is on earth has a reason to be on earth. And, um, and Dre filled his mission. Like you said, I love how you said that. And Nicole too. I mean, for us, we felt like it was too soon. Yes, We're like, Lord, no, he has a little kid. Nicole was just graduating. What, you know, how can we um, make sense of that? But, and I do believe someday we might be able to see a little glimpse of that. I don't know, but I do feel like to accept that, okay, their days were, their days were numbered and got, and they fulfilled their mission. They did what they were supposed to. Now it's our jobs to do what we're supposed to. And whatever that looks like. I mean, you minister to um, children and hurt, hurting families with children with um, gr- uh, difficulties. And so, and that is what a mission. And then even through your platform of your podcast, that's a mission. You're helping other people. You're reaching back and grabbing the people behind you and saying, no, you can do it. And you're not alone. And I do think if we can find that purpose in our pain, it just helps heal us and it brings others into light. Absolutely. And I think too, one of the other things that keeps me going, I ask myself, knowing the love my son had for me, I believe still has for me. And we Mm -hmm. were so close. What would he want me to do? Would he want me to sit all day or would he want me to move on with life and do the things that he has done? I mean, he touched so many lives. I had no idea the lives that, you know, he touched and the people who he inspired and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was just like blown away at this young man who just, you know, he just, he lived. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool too, for you as a mom to know that he did live and he would, him and Nicole, if we were not doing our purpose, they would come and kick our rears if we, if they could, they'd say, no, come on, you guys, because I believe they, they are, like I said, more alive than we are now. Mm -hmm. And so they are like, no, don't waste any minutes there. It's going to go really fast. 
and how would they want us to live? After Nicole passed away, a friend of mine gave me a bookmark that had the meaning of her name and her, the meaning of her name is Victoria's heart. And that's where the title of my book came from because I, and when I saw that and said Victoria's heart, it was like a little, um, seed of hope was planted in me because I thought, you know what, what better words to describe Nicole? Those words described her life. Like you said, the impact, uh, she had, she touched people. She loved people. She loved unconditionally. Um, and she brought joy everywhere she went. She was really brave and seeking out people that were different than her and, um, just loved on whoever was in her path. And so I thought, you know what, that is a victorious heart. So that encourages me even now. Okay. How would Nicole have lived? And no, she wasn't perfect. Um, a lot of times I feel like she's practically perfect, but I think how would she live now? She would continue loving. She would love, um, people that are hurting, love people that are struggling. And so that's the best way for me to be victorious. That's why, then that's why I, even in my grief, why I named my book Victorious Heart, because I thought, you know what, I have to have a victorious heart to honor God, but also honor her memory as well. (laughs) That is so beautiful. Mm. And, and see, and I think that's the point, you know, get the beauty from the ashes. Oh, hundred percent. You know, we need to, because if we sit in our grief, it tears us down. It wears us down. And then, like you said, we're not living in our purpose. And that is the point. I mean, we can't stop life just because, and it's not that their lives have stopped. Their lives just went to a different level, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And having that eternal perspective to go, because, because of the separation, we feel like they're gone. Mm-hmm. and 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 that is a separation and it it is painful and we miss them but to also have the eternal perspective that there is way more than we can see because again we have a mission we have um if you're a parent and you go through these things you lose a child you may have other children or grandchildren we it's our job to Uh, minister to them and help them through their grief show them that grief is natural and normal and it hurts and it's hard and we're mad and but there's hope in that grief I think that that is that is where the beauty uh, from the ashes comes in that's where it's amazing that there um, that it's just a circular thing that we can show other people how to grieve and how to walk through it and that they're not alone and they're going to be okay. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a long, hard journey and it's never completely over, but the Lord will carry us through each step that we have to take. Yes, he certainly will. He certainly will through this hard, beautiful journey. Somebody coined that. And I can't remember what was I interviewed. Ooh, her that's good. Yeah. She called her. Um. Oh my gosh. I can't, was it? I can't remember her name. Oh. I interviewed her and um, I think she has a book called The Hard Beautiful Journey. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And it's, you know, we have to embrace, like you said, the beauty. And, you know, when people ask me, it's like, how was it for you? And I tell them, I said, you know what? I'd rather have had a Dre, like have the experience mm-hmm. of having Dre than to not have. 
had that experience Mm -hmm. Mm because you know it was I mean there are days like you you know like Nicole he wasn't perfect but he was perfectly mine (laughs) exactly beautiful perfectly said yes and yeah there were days we we had some we had some days Mm -hmm. however you know he always did everything to try to make me smile and to you know and he was so honest and so Mm -hmm. I don't know, just so many amazing, beautiful things about him that I, those are the things I focus on. And even the tough times, you know, because again, we went through that. And I remember one day he said to me, as you know, when he was like 17, mm-hmm. I was like ready to pull my hair out. I had a lot more hair at that time. <laughs> and um, he was like, actually, yeah. So when he was 17, he just knew everything. And I mean, it was just a challenge. And one day he said to me when he was like 21, he goes, mom, I am so sorry. Cause at 17, <laughs> I thought I knew everything. And I realized I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. said, We're all work in progress, my son, you know, yes. and it's, and yeah, but, um, but I'm glad he came to that realization mm-hmm. and was able to just make such an amazing impact on, mm-hmm. on the world. Mm, that's, that's um, wonderful. Yeah. Wow. So you talk about dealing with fear after loss. Like what, 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 what are you fearful of? Um, I, I, uh, am fearful of something having happening to one of my other kids or now, especially my grandkids. And for a while, especially right after Nicole went to heaven, I, tried to put all my ducks in a row. I tried to control everything and everyone because I had this false um, assumption that I could, if I could control and know everybody's whereabouts, then I could keep everybody safe. Now, I don't know why I thought that because Nicole, I mean, we were, we were careful and we tried to be safe and it was her time to go to be with the Lord. But when that happens, it just can bring a sense of almost PTSD mm-hmm. where you are just, where are they? They're not calling me. Well, at the time, you know, we didn't have cell phones, but they're not calling. They're not checking in. They're not, you know, where are they? Yeah. And now with my grandkids, when I hear things that are happening in the world, it's like, oh, it's such a bad world, Lord, The you know, please protect them. And, and dealing with that fear is I think a normal thing. And it's a normal thing after you've been through any kind of trauma. But I also think um, once it gets a hold of you, it really hinders the way we live. So I had to really work on focusing number one on the truth of I can't control anything. Control is such an illusion. And so I can control my react. Basically, I can control very little, but I can control my reaction. Mm-hmm. And um, that's about almost about it, what I do and how I react to things. And so I had to become determined. I was still going to be fearful, but determined to not allow the fear to rule me and define me. And because what it was paralyzing me. Yes. And so, and it also was driving the people around me crazy, my poor kids. And, you know, Nicole was the oldest. So when each one of the kids learned to drive and she wasn't killed in a car accident, but even as they learned to drive and start getting their independence, I was so wanting to make sure, okay, you're safe. You know, all the rules and not just even safe, um, 
physically, but even safe emotionally. I just didn't, I wanted to save my loved ones, the, the heartache that, um, life could bring and that we can't do that. They have, each one of them has their own journey. And even being a parent of all the, the different personalities, you know, all of our kids are individuals and for everyone, and you can raise kids exactly the same way. And they're, they're different little humans. And so I had to learn to let them grieve in their way and also walk the journey that God had for them. And some of them strayed for a while, had, had hard times. They came back, but I had to allow them to walk the journey of their life. And that's hard as a mama, because you want, I, we just want the best for them, right? We want everything to go smoothly and we never want them to have bumps. We never want them to be sad, but to try to deprive that from them um, is not possible. We can't keep them from pain. Oh, and I tried. <laughs> oh, we, we do. And I, I mean, that's, I, yeah, yes, yes. It's, it's our natural instinct because yep. we love them so fiercely, but everyone has to walk in their own journey. And I think some of the stupid mistakes I made as even growing up, those things were what formed me to go. They teach you life is a teacher. Even grief is a teacher. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things teach us and create us to be the people that that we are called to be and then that way we can do the jobs we're called to do but oh it's hard to see him hurting it is it is and oh my goodness you put it so well because when I asked you that question I honestly knew the answer because I just feel that we're connected in that way mm -hmm. and I tried like with my younger son because he and Dre they were Lee he and Dre were best mm -hmm. friends they were roommates that you know a lot of the time in there, you know, as they grew up and it was just, it was really difficult for him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I tried to do everything. And like you, it's like, he didn't call me today. Like, yeah. is he okay? Yeah. You know, I call a friend. Did you talk to him today? Is he I'm like, <laughs> oh, you just spoke to him yesterday. Like he's, you yeah. know, and all of those things going mm -hmm. through that and, you know, making sure that, you know, I call my little grandbaby and, you know, texting or we're, you know, I was like, I want to see your face. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want, yeah. I want, you know, we're, you know, we're in different countries right now. So it's like, you know, kids messenger or FaceTime or something. I just want to see your face. Yes. And um, yeah. So I totally get it. Yeah. It, yeah. And again, we can't control it. We, if we could have controlled something, Nicole and Dre would still be here. hundred <laughs> percent. Co yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. And to really stop and logically think about, okay, what is the truth? Because our emotions um, and our feelings, they can lie to us. They're very fickle. They, they serve a purpose in our life. They're not, they're not completely um, to be disregarded. However, we can't let them rule the, um, there's a gal I follow her name's Annie F Downs. And she said, feelings can ride. They just can't drive. And I love that because I think that that's, we have to be careful because our feelings will make us do all kinds of things. So we have to stop and think of and ration out what is the truth and, and go by what we know is the truth first. Let's talk about facts. You know what, come on brain, stop it. And I think to be able to reason that out helps us to kind of settle the rocking boat of our emotions for sure. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. 
Um, sorry, I just had to try to find her. Oh, the she's awesome. Soldiers. She's Annie F. Downs. Um, Annie, you better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just she's awesome. And she's here. She's here in Nashville and she has okay, such great. Nice. Yeah. She's really great. So. So. Yeah. Wow. So I want to be mindful of your time. And I just want to ask one last question. If there is one thing you would want our viewers or listeners to leave this moment with, what would that be? I think it's important to understand you're not, if you're grieving, um, to understand you're not alone and you're going to make it. I think it feels like you, you will not survive, but know that you will survive. And I believe beauty will come out of this pain that you're in to just keep walking one step at a time and then you will see yourself out on the other side. Awesome. Thank you, ma'am. And please tell us where we can get your book. You can get uh, Victoria's Heart anywhere books are sold. It's on Amazon. Also, there's a link to it on my website. And my website is wildvictoriousheart.com. I write a blog and have different um, resources on there. So feel free to reach out. Beautiful. And please do, because this is not a journey that we want to do alone. It mm -hmm. really isn't. We need people with us, people who support us. And not everybody's going to understand, but we have mm -hmm. to come from a place of understanding that they're doing the best they can with mm -hmm. what they know and the experiences that they've had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true. Okay, well, thank you so much, Miss Kim. I really appreciate you being here and sharing with us. Um, this has been beautiful, even though it's been difficult, you know, it's a difficult topic. I really appreciate you, ma'am. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's I feel like I have a little kindred spirit. Oh, well, let's keep <laughs> this going. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think we should. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. And hey, parents, do it with confidence. <laughs>